Mana Seminars, Module Chapter 8, Faith That Works. Module 8.1, Faith That Pleases God. So we're going to uh, look at the subject of faith for the next few weeks. In these scriptures it talks about the just shall live by faith. Now, and I was, years back I, I used to, I, I want to be able to live by faith. And everyone said, yes, you should live by faith. But nobody told me how faith works. Nobody told me how it happens. No one said, what, how, how do you walk into this thing of faith? And so I sat down and began to think and began to pray. And, and so this um, group of seminars has come out of that and has been the catalyst over the years for a lot of people to become winners because it increases the capacity of your heart. Now, some of you have done this particular one, um, the first one, uh, if you've done the leadership seminars that we did last year. But anyway, I trust that it'll build your faith again and you'll remember some of the things that we covered last time. So let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Who's got that? Yeah, thank you. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Okay, stop there. See, in chapter 1, Habakkuk had been complaining to the Lord and saying, Lord, we're in huge trouble here. What on earth is going on? We seem to just... Everything's going wrong. People are just... You know, it's just a mess. And he said, I'm going to stand on, my, on the city wall and, and listen and see what you'll say to me. Lord, give me... Tell me, tell me what you're doing and what's happening. Okay. And watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Mm. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, the soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So what was God's answer? <coughs> just shall live by faith. <coughs> the just shall live by, trust me, the vision is true, I will look after you, I will bring it to pass. In the meantime, you're just going to have to hang in there and trust me. The just shall live by faith. All right? Good. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Dee, were you, do, were you doing that one? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 you must complete the work, Dee. <laughs> Okay, so as far as salvation is concerned, we live by our faith. Hallelujah. 
So he says, it is written, and he quotes Habakkuk when he says that it is written. Okay, let's go to Galatians 3, verse 10 and 11. So it's not the law that's going to help us in these in these things. It's you know it is the just. He says you've got to live by faith. Yes. Okay. Hebrews ten thirty five to thirty nine. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. And again. But my righteousness one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Okay, so again, those who have faith and are saved, or the just shall live by faith, yes? So this is, this is unusual that that little phrase, the just shall live by faith, actually comes up four times in Scripture. If it comes up once, we ought to take notice of it. If it comes up twice, we better underline it. If it comes up three times, you better take note. And, and number four, if it comes up four times, man, you better look into it. <laughs> How do I live by faith? You know, what, what is this? You see, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, who's got that? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. So it goes, without faith, we can't mm. please God. That's right. Mm. So we have to be carriers of this thing. We have to be able to walk in it. We have to be able to understand to, that we trust God. He is a rewarder of those. Mm. See, we've got to believe, those who come to God must believe that he is. Yes. Mm. So you've got to believe that God exists for a starter. Mm. And then we must believe that he is a rewarder of those. God is a good God, yeah? yeah? And he rewards. If you will walk with him and become enter into this area of faith and trust in him, uh, you, he will reward you richly. Hallelujah. There will be harvests coming your way. In verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now here's a definition. This is what faith is. Now faith is. You see, what's faith? This is what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yes? Yes. It is the evidence now of what? Of things not seen. You've got you 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 you're believing for an answer, you can't see it, but your faith says it's on the way. Hallelujah. See, and, and, and you have this faith now. Uh, and so there is, a, you'll note in defining faith, the Bible dis, makes a distinction between faith and hope. There are two main differences. One, hope is directed towards the future, but faith is established in the present. Hope is the attitude of expectancy concerning things still future, but faith is a conviction, a confidence, something real and definite within us that we possess here and now. 
All right? The second difference is hope is primarily in the realm of the mind. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 8 talks about put on the helmet as the hope of salvation. So it's the, the helmet on your head and your mind is the hope of, of salvation, yes? Whereas faith is in the realm of the heart and in the mouth. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, yes? Do we understand that? We'll deal with that later on. But it, the word is nigh you even in your heart and in your <coughs> mouth. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Hallelujah. With the heart man believes and with the mouth... I've just lost the last bit. With the mouth he confesses. Yeah, I'll just get it so we get it right. Um, I should know. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So we'll touch on that a bit more uh, in one of the other sessions. But, uh, so, so faith is in your heart and in your mouth. Hallelujah. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. That's faith, yes? It's the combination of those two things. Hope is just, I'm hoping that things will happen. I'm hoping that what I'm hoping for will come about. Many people make a profession of faith in Jesus, but their faith is only in the realm of their mind, a mere intellectual acceptance of certain facts and doctrines. This is not true scriptural faith, and it doesn't produce any vital change in their lives, nor will it impart to them forgiveness or eternal life, and is doomed to fail in disillusionment. Uh, being born again is not just a mind thing. It is a heart and a mouth thing. Yes? Hope is in the mind. Faith is in the heart and in the mouth, the combination of those two things. Now it says there, faith is the substance of things hoped for, yes? Or another version says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the dreams, hopes, and possibilities. Faith brings the things that you're hoping for into reality. A perfectly correct translation of that phrase is in the box below. Let's read it together. Faith is now giving substance to the thing that you are hoping for. So that word faith is the substance is, is in the, what we call the present continuous tense. In other words, it is happening, it keeps on happening, it will keep on happening. It is present continuous tense. It is happening Every day that you have faith, your faith is giving substance to the thing that you're hoping for. Okay, It is, it is bringing it to you. Uh, day by day, your faith is adding substance to those things that you have been hoping for. It's like building a, building a wall. Faith is, 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 you've got bricks and you just keep building. Every day you believe it puts another brick. One day the thing is completed and it comes into reality. More of that in a minute. Faith is here in the now, but only deals with things in the future and never those things that you have now. Faith does not deal with the things you've already got. Mm. Faith does not... It's no use having faith for healing 
and you just keep telling the Lord, I'm sick. It is no faith. faith. The fact that you say, Lord, I'm so sick, I don't know what to do with myself. That's okay to say that, but that's not faith. Because you, you, and the Lord looks out from heaven and says, yes, I can see that. You're as sick as a dog. <laughs> you don't need faith because that, that's, that's your condition. Faith deals with the answer. Faith believes God. Every day you have faith is building that answer in the spiritual realm. Yes? It is giving substance to it. Faith deals with answers. I'll pull that aside. We've got a few of these nights to do, so we'll grapple with some of these things further on down the track. If you are hoping for something, then you don't have it yet. Faith deals with the things that are not. Hebrews 10.35 says, and we read it before, do not cast your way do not cast away your confidence. It has a great reward. Okay. So faith also is the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. 2 Corinthians 4.18. Just bear with me while I just get into this a bit. 2 Corinthians 4.18. We've got to understand how, what faith is. This verse says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what? But what is unseen. You say, wait a minute. How, how can I fix my eyes on things that are not seen? What use is my, are my eyes in such a situation? If I can't see it, how come I can fix my eyes on it? You're talking nonsense, Paul. For, he goes on, he says, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so he's switching between the physical realm and the spiritual realm here. You can see in your, by faith, you can see reality. Hallelujah. You can see, I can see myself being healed, but when I look with my, these physical eyes, I can be sick, but with my spiritual eyes, hallelujah, I am healed and living in divine health. Yes? And my faith is giving substance to what is unseen. It will bring it into being eventually. You see? You do. Well, you need to know what the Bible says about it so that you've got the answer. So you keep your mind on the promises. Yes. You get your mind on the answer, and the answer is in the Word of God. Hallelujah. God's promises are where our eyes of faith should dwell. We, he says, for I fix my eyes, what? On what? Not on what is seen, but what is unseen. I can see the problem, but my eyes are going to be fixed on the answer, what is not seen yet. See? So we need to... Anchor our faith in the Word of God, but we'll, we'll deal with that as we as we come along. Yes, Hebrews eleven and verse twenty seven is an example of this. By faith, this is talking about Moses. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You say, wait a minute. <laughs> if, it's, if it's invisible, how can you see it? 
Well, that's easy. That's easy. Heaven is invisible. But by faith, I know about it. Because I read about it in the word of God. Hallelujah. Faith sees what is invisible. Faith sees the answers. Faith, and every day I fix my eyes on the answer, my faith is giving substance to the thing I'm hoping for, yes? That's how faith works. Faith works by fixing our eyes on God's answers. Now, we need to understand that we're talking about the physical dimension and the spiritual dimension of life. See? So, in the physical world, we have something that is uh, one dimension. Here is a, one, a drawing of one dimension. It's one dimension. Yes? The second dimension gives it not just a line, but it gives it Like that. It's a plane. It's got width and height, yeah? And depth. It's a piece of paper, say. That's the second dimension. The third dimension object has three dimensions. Here are that. that. So it has height, depth, and length, yes? And the physical world that we live in is in the third dimension. Everything exists in that third dimension. It has, it, if it takes up space, and even the smallest tiny molecule takes up space, is the physical realm is in that third dimension. Now, if you look at it, the second dimension, here it is here, controls the first. How am I going to do this? Where's my duster? I haven't got one. Yes, here it is. <laughs> Just try and let me just hang in there. When an object has two dimensions, the second dimension here, this bit here, controls the first dimension. It contains it and sets it in place and controls it. The third dimension controls the other two dimensions. It contains them and it it contains and controls these other two dimensions. That third dimension locks the other two dimensions into place, yes? And controls them. So the physical world is like that. Now, there is a fourth dimension. The fourth dimension, fourth dimension, is the dimension of spirit. There is a spiritual world. It is in a different dimension from our physical world, yes? And the spiritual dimension can contain and control and overcome the other three dimensions. And God works in this fourth dimension. He is a God of spirit. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. And so... When we move in the area of, of faith, we are moving in the area of spirit that can overcome the difficulties in the physical dimension. Yes? This is where healing comes from. This is where miracles come from. 
This is where God's interventions come from in the spirit world. Now, in the occult, they understand this. Those people that move in the things of the occult, they understand that the spiritual dimension is stronger than the physical dimension. And so they can manipulate the physical dimension. I remember meeting uh, a, a lady who had been into this and we had to set her free. But I said, what do you do at your meetings? She said, we light fires. If someone opposes us, we set their house on fire. I said, how do you do that? He said, we release the demons to go to the house and set it on fire. I said, do you have any success? Always, she said. See? They would pray against the pastors in the city. And one of them, I told us, one particular pastor was doing successful in seeing a, lot, a huge amount of souls getting saved, and they sent demons to cause car accidents. They prayed that he would be killed in a car accident. He had, a few, a few weeks later, a horrific car accident. And he walked out of it unscathed. When they reported back to the coven that he walked out <laughs> unscathed, they all began to hiss and foam at the mouth and with frustration. You see, but they understand that the fourth dimension is a powerful dimension of spirit. How much more should the sons and the daughters of the living God who are filled with the Holy Spirit know how to work, walk by faith and not by sight? The just shall live by faith that we know that God is a powerful God. Hallelujah. There is nothing too hard for the Lord because the spiritual dimension overcomes and is more powerful than the, the other three dimensions. Yes? Hallelujah. And so the miracles of God and the healing and all those sorts of things come into that area. And so we must learn to believe the just shall what? Live by faith. Faith reaches into the spiritual realm and brings God's answer into the physical world. Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. How? Just as it is in heaven. The church is birth to bring heaven to earth. Now the things of heaven are in the realm of the fourth dimension. They are spiritual. Yes? They're out there in the spiritual dimension. And they need to be brought in by believers, hallelujah, down to earth, hallelujah, so that God will move. In, uh, in, in, in. Now your diagram at the top of page four there, the diagram gives you an illustration of these things. So faith is the thing that, that, that links heaven and earth. Your connection with heaven is your faith. You see? And so, you're, by faith, we bring heaven down to earth, yes? We bring the blessing of God into families, into lives, by prayer, by faith, by declaration, by believing God, yes? Hallelujah. And so, that's important. We bring things from the spiritual realm into the natural realm, by faith. The answers come, yes? We, I shared before, and Sophie and I shared before, about just the house we're living in now. See, there is a house for us. We needed to find it, and we need to believe God and to uh, remove every obstacle. Hallelujah. 
And this fellow, it was selling, he was just, he was not going to sell no matter what. But we prayed, and then God gave us the promise that in three days we will take possession of the land that God has given to us. Uh, and, and right to the very hour, that guy folded over and said, I'll sign. But faith removes obstacles to the Christian's progress, to the purpose of God, you see. And so we walk into those things. And so faith brings things from the fourth dimension down into the third dimension. It brings things from darkness into light, yes? It brings things that are impossible into the realm of the possible. And this is the powerful thing that you and I are possessors of because we have faith in God. You know, the greatest miracle that will ever happen to you is when you had faith to believe for your salvation. There is no greater miracle than a person who is not interested in God and who is away from God can be touched by the Holy Spirit in such a way that he bows the knees of his heart before the Lord, hallelujah, and opens his life to Christ and is washed clean by the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, anointed by the Spirit of God and is born again. There is, you will not receive any greater miracle that you and I who are sinners are made fit to walk in heaven's glory. There is no great, And if you have got faith for that, you've got faith for everything else. Because it operates exactly the same way. So how did I get saved? You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you were saved. You moved into the realm of faith and you from heaven came down into your heart. And the Spirit of God fused with your spirit and you were born again of the Spirit of God. That's a miracle because it's going, you're going to live forever. You, eternal life is yours. you imagine if I could bottle that and sell it? We're all trying to get younger. We're trying to live longer. We're trying to get the wrinkles out and everything else. Hallelujah. This equips my spirit for eternity. Hallelujah. And when this old body finally says, that's enough. And my spirit says, I'm out of here. Hallelujah. And I'm ushered into the presence of God forever. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And it comes by faith. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. And it operates like that. Faith gets a rope on the invisible, on the unseen things in the spiritual realm, the things in heaven, and pulls them into reality. When you know what God's answer is for you, you need to get a ro- you need to see it by faith. You need to use your imagination and picture the answer. See the answer. Hallelujah. See it. Imagine it. Put a rope around it and start tugging on it. For every day, your faith will give substance to it. Yes? Some of you heard me tell the story of, of Jennifer Lawrence, and she had a, she was fostered a lot of children, her and her husband. Ken, they fostered a lot of children and in and, and Blenheim when I was there and they, they had a house full. They always you went if you went to their place for dinner, you 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 went with the you know with, with another fifteen. And um, it was it was like that. And her oven was too small. She had a little oven and and, and, and she said, Lord, I really need a big and she saw this oven uh, down in, in, in farmers. And uh, it was a beautiful, big, yes, big oven. And she said, that's 
what I need. And she asked us, Lord, can you help me with this oven? And she began to see herself and it going into her kitchen, yes? And uh, she began to thank the Lord for it. Lord, I praise you for the answer. And every day, her faith was giving substance to the thing that she was hoping for, you see. She just kept thanking the Lord for it. Lord, I see the oven, hallelujah. And just one day... Uh, I'll have that oven and I'll be able to feed the 5,000, you know, sort of style. And that was her, that was her, what she could see. And uh, one day uh, she told the story, she, she's doing the dishes at her kitchen sink in her, in her house. Kitchen looked out over the Wither Hills just south of Blenheim. And uh, she looked up and to her amazement she sees a, a, a V of angels about six on each side or so, coming down like this, coming over the hills and towards her place. And she sees this thing, and, and, and she just, she's got her mouth open, and, 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 and she sees these angels coming down like this. So here they are, however many there were. Here they are. And they're coming like this. And she sees this. This is day in the daytime. And she sees it, and then she looks. <laughs> Down there is her oven. And she says, Hallelujah, it's on the way. <laughs> See, this is what I've been believing for. And so she thanked the Lord for it. The next day, there's a knock on the door. She goes to the door. She says, Hello. She says, are you Mrs. Jennifer Lott? Yes, I am. Well, we've come. It was the farmer's truck. And the farmer's truck, we've come to deliver your oven. Oh, she said, thank you very much. Come on in. <laughs> they came in. They installed her oven. And they left. She does not know to this day where that oven came from, <laughs> or why she got it. She thought, oh, my husband must have finally relented. <laughs> he came home and said, oh, she said, thank you for that. She said, what new oven? She said, have a look, there's my new. Oh, where did you get that from? She says, I don't know. <laughs> she never knew. But God somehow, but you see, she got a rope on it. Right. And every day she believed for that answer, it started to come. It started to come. Hallelujah. And one day it comes out of heaven and arrives at her place in Weld Street in Blenheim. Yes? Hallelujah. It comes out of darkness. It comes out of the fourth dimension, out of heaven, into the third. It arrives. No matter. I don't know how. It doesn't matter how, as long as it happens. You'll never work out the how of God. You see, faith calls into being that which does not exist. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 says, see, faith calls it into being. Let me, let me find that scripture. Romans 4, 17. Here it comes. As it is written, I have made you a father. This is about Abraham. I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead 
and calls things that are not as though they are. What does God do? He calls things that are not as though they are. God sees the answer and says, that's the answer. And he writes answers in this book, his promises. Hallelujah. Although you say, well, but it's not, it's not there. No, God says, yes, it is. It's in heaven. Hallelujah. It's in the spiritual realm and it's on the way. Just link your faith to my provision. Yes? And call into being that which does not exist. And God does that. But you as a son and a daughter of God, you have the same creative ability. And it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. The word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. So, so that's how it is. Faith sees God's answer and is convinced. Every day that you have faith, that faith is giving substance to the things you're hoping for. You can read Joshua 14 later on. But Joshua and Caleb, they, they were two of the spies. What was it? They were two of the spies that went in. And what was the difference between Joshua and Caleb and the other ten? Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can, we can enter the promised land. They said, but there's... Giants and the, the fortified cities. It, it's impossible. Bible says they had a different kind of spirit. They had a spirit of a winner. Yes. They said we are more than capable. Hallelujah. Though there be giants and though we might look like grasshoppers, we're not. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a series next year on giants or grasshoppers. Grasshoppers? <laughs> Yeah. Oops, I've covered the, the microphone. That won't be good. <laughs> so faith has vision. But you see, they had, they, and it says they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. They just believed God no matter what. And later on, Caleb turns up to Moses and said, Listen, I hung in, or Joshua, when, when Moses had gone, he said, Right, we're in the promised land now. Listen. I'm as good as God. I'm, I'm 85 years old, but I'm as young as I was when I was 40. I'm into this. Give me the mountain. I'll take it. Hallelujah. Because all those years, they sat in their tent looking at the desert, but all they could see was grapes and honey. They believed God. They said, we can do it. We can do it. For 40 years, they said, we can do it. One day, they walked into the land and they, and, and they did it. Hallelujah. And they're the only two that did. All the others died through unbelief. 625,000 men and more died, wandered in the desert till they all died. Because they said, we can't. We can't. If you keep saying, I can't, you keep saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, you can't. <laughs> if you say, I can't win, I can't win. You can't. Self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. We have to believe in our heart, so we latch on to the promise of God. Yes, we find the promise that gives us the answer. We latch on to it. We just quietly but determinedly, that's what we say. Mm. Hallelujah. I say this, all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. When things go pear-shaped, I say, Lord, turn it to good for all concerned. That's my confession. This will turn to good. 
If I trust it, it will turn to good, yes? So that's how it is. Faith has vision. It can see beyond the horizon of sense knowledge. You see, here's the, here's the truth. Here's the truth of the matter. I can see so far, I can see to the horizon with these eyes. If I close my eyes, I can see beyond the horizon. You can see further with your eyes closed than you can with them open. If you will close your eyes and see that which is invisible and begin to believe God for it and get a rope on it and begin to pull it in, hallelujah, it will happen. It will happen. How much further have I got to go? Not far. Okay. Some of you heard me tell this story, but it's, a, it's an illustration of this. I was preaching this in Fiji, and, and one of my mates was there, and he said, uh, and I said afterwards, all right, we're going we're gonna to get ropes on God's answer. And he was away, and he was outside and shouting and carrying on. And I said, man, you were, what were you doing? He said, I got it. I said, what, what, what did you get? He said, I got my house. Now, he was a Salvation Army officer, and when he left the Salvation Army because he was seeing too many people saved and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit, and they kicked him out. <laughs> and, and, um, which, which, and so he came into the church, and he said, because in the army they don't, they don't own their houses or anything. So he left with nothing, had nothing. And uh, he said, I got my house this morning. I said, good on you, man. Yes, he said, I got a rope on it. Well, when he got back, he said, God, thank you for this house. He got back and he just started to thank God. Lord, thank you. For I don't know how you're going to do it, but I thank you. Every day my, I'm giving, is giving substance to the thing I'm hoping for. I thank you for the house, for my wife, and for my family. In Jesus' name. Well, he just started to believe God. About a few months after he got back from Fiji, somebody came to him in the church and said, I want to give you a section on the North Shore in, 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 in Auckland. But he said, it'll cost you something. He said, how much will it cost? He said, it'll cost you a dollar. <laughs> so he got a section on the North Shore in, in Auckland. I, I don't know what it's worth now. but <laughs> And then he started to plan his house. And someone else said, I'll do the drawings for you. He got the drawings. He got it through council. He then started to see. And people said, I'll come and help you get the foundations in. I'll supply all the, all, the, all the plumbing. I'll do the plumbing. This house appeared out of nothing. One day, he said, you better come round for, the, for, for my housewarming. So I said, thank you very much. We went round to his, he has a beautiful two-storied home. I said, mate, he said, this is what I saw in Fiji. He said, I've had my faith. He said, I don't think, I don't know how much it cost him but it wouldn't have been $10,000. All the rest was supplied. Every week, more would appear out of heaven and land on his property. Stuff would have turned up on his property. Money would turn up in his letterbox. Thousands of dollars would turn up. Electricians come to an electrician's company said, we, 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 you've, from way back, we hear you're building a house. Do you need any help? Yes, he said, I need some help with some allergies. We'll do it for you. Things like this happen. The roof has come in. It just kept going. 
This, he said, I'm just pulling it in by faith. My faith is giving substance to the thing I'm hoping for, yes? I mean, those are extreme stories, but they're good ones, you've got to admit. <laughs> and I've seen these things with my own eyes. I'm not telling you some, about something else, that someone else's story. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1 1, amplified, faith perceives as real fact what is, not, what is not revealed to the senses. Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter because Jesus could see beyond the now. Simon means a wavering reed. A reed, you know, if the wind's blowing, it bends that way. If the wind changes direction, it bends the other way. So Simon was like that. He was one day full of enthusiastic, the next day he's denying Jesus. You know. one, one day he's cutting off the servant's head, the next day he's healing the sick. You know, he's, 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 he's like, and Jesus looks at him and says, I can see more than you can see, mate. You're not Simon, I'm going to name you Peter which means a rock. You're going to become someone dependable, someone, you're not going to be a wavering reed. You're going to be, you, you are, you are Peter, a rock. Hallelujah, you see. And Peter started to call him Peter. They started calling him Simon Peter for a while through the book of Acts. Then it changed to Peter. And he became this dependable, <coughs> hallelujah, man that Jesus knew he was all the time. But he, he saw it through a different name. See, God changed Jacob's name, Swindler, to Israel, prince with God. Imagine calling your kid swindler. <laughs> well, that's how he turned out. You know, his mum says, come in, swindler, your dinner's ready. His brother says, go, swindler, how are you? He says, I'm swindling. And all his life he was like that. He was just he was trying to do deals all his life and ripping people off. And one day God meets him and says, yeah, your name's going to change. You're going to be called Jacob, a prince with God. No one looked less like a prince with God than this fellow. But he started to call him, they started to call him Jacob, a prince with God. And he ends up exactly like that. He became that. In fact, when he turns up as Pharaoh as an old man, Pharaoh, you know, oh, this old fellow steps forward, an old shepherd, and he blesses Pharaoh. He speaks a blessing over Pharaoh. He was a prince with God, you see. But his name had to, he had to see a different picture. Abraham was changed to Abraham, meaning father of multitudes. We need to see ourselves as God intends us to be. We need to see God's answer to our situation. Too often we pray seeing only the problem, but faith deals with answers, not problems. God gave the land to Abraham as far as he could see. We'll finish there with that scripture. Look at this. Here it is. I, this was just so. This was such a blessing to me when I was getting started in my life and ministry. I thought, "Wow!" Genesis chapter thirteen. So, verse fourteen. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, uh, "Lift up your eyes from where you are." That's pretty important for a starter, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Some of us have got our heads down in, in, in the bottom of the chook pen. You know, it's raining. And we're like, chuk, <laughs> rain's pouring down, our feathers are all flustered, and we're just going around, get your head up. <laughs> you know, get your head up, God says to Abraham. Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see, I will give it to you and your offspring forever. All the land that you see, 
I will give it to you. You and your offering. He was the father of faith. See, this is, God was teaching him a faith principle. If you can't see it, you won't have the faith to rise up and get it. You've got to see the answer. You've got to see what you, you've got to fix your eyes upon what is not seen. <laughs> Moses saw him who was invisible. So you're talking about a spiritual dimension and a physical dimension. In the physical dimension, it's impossible and it can't be seen. But if you'll close your eyes and let the Spirit of God begin to write on the coral drawer of your mind, hallelujah, he will paint a picture for you. Listen, the devils paint pictures in our mind that bring us into trouble. But the Holy Spirit will paint pictures that will cause you to have confidence and to rise in faith and to see the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's no use just praying, Lord, you know my kids are off the rails. You know, Lord, that they are rebellious and troublemakers. And you can pray that for a hundred years and the, Holy, the Lord just looks out at him and says, yes, I can see that. And next week you pray the same thing. Lord, my kids are, are away from you and I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit says, you told me that last week and nothing has changed. <laughs> See? That's not faith. You don't need faith. You've already got that. That's not faith. Faith is seeing them around your table with the Bible opening, sharing. Lord, I see them. I see them standing in the house of God with me, with their hands raised, worshipping me. And I call it into being in the name of Jesus. Let heaven come down, hallelujah, and get a faith picture of what would be God's answer. And begin to pray the answer and declare the answer and you will begin to walk by faith. All right. So next week, how we release our faith. We'll deal and talk about that. So, any questions about that? Yes. What does Ian mean? What does? What does Ian, your name, mean? Ian. Uh, it means the grace of God or the gift of God. My second son is Simon Ian, and the Simon fits absolutely perfectly. Okay. Maybe change his name. <laughs> <laughs> My mother could not have children, <clears throat> and it was impossible for her to have children. She went to the doctors and they said, no, I don't know what was wrong, but there was something wrong. They didn't talk too much about those sorts of things in those days. But then one day, and my father and my mother just believed God. They said, God, we just believe in you. We don't, we don't accept this. Hallelujah. And one day, my brother was born. And it was such a struggle for mum to give birth to my brother Graham. And the doctor said, you must never have another child. It, it will kill you. You must not have another child. And my mum and dad said, well, we are trusting God. Okay. And one day, guess who? <laughs> Impossible. 
in thy name in the grace of God. No. Impossible, they say. See, faith calls into being that which does not exist. Hallelujah. Oh! Well, that's it for tonight. Is that all right? Thank you, Ian. Go through the notes, read them during the week, and, and digest them, and, and, and put them into action. And God will bless you as you do that.